All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to our conversations here with Dan. For everyone watching in kind of real time, this is our first episode. Happy New Year of 2023. Yes. Yeah. So glad to have you all back. As we get started, a couple little housekeeping things. Number one, I was looking at our analytics, so like who watches what, when, where, all that sort of stuff. Only about 45% of the people who watch our episodes are subscribed long-term. Interesting. So if you are watching and you're a long-term subscriber, but you haven't like clicked the subscribe button yet, so you've been watching but not subscribed, that does help us. It helps get the videos out Hit the there. button. Subscribe. Hit the button is right. We'll get to, before long. I'm gonna have Dan ready to say, you know, hit that bell, turn on all the notifications. <laughs> I think his grandkids have been rubbing off on him. They've been mm. showing him a lot of things lately. So, so there's, anyway, there's been a marriage. Yes, uh, um, not like a uh, marriage between people or whatever, but we're marrying together a couple of our programs. So, some of you in the past have been watching our passage attacks, and you'll know that we kind of stepped away and. Uh, focused on our conversations with Dan this past year, but we know a lot of you have still been going back and watching those. So we're going to try something a little new to start the new year and have conversations about a passage. Right. Yeah. So we're going to give this a try. We'd love to hear your feedback. Let us know in the comments how this goes. And then at the end, we'll probably ask you if you've got any passages you'd like us to discuss in future conversations. Sounds good. And let us know those as well. So, Dan, what is our first passage we're going to have a conversation Today, about? we're going to talk about John 1, 1 through 5. John 1, like the gospel of. Gospel of. Gospel and of. It is part of a prologue. Okay. And uh, there are very few books that have a prologue like John does. So, an introduction almost. An introduction. Uh, okay. The prologue is actually John 1, 1 through 18. Mm -hmm. But um, we're going to take a look at these verses, and um, they might be similar in another book to uh, Luke 1, 1 through 4, and maybe Hebrews 1, 1 through 4. Those would be two kind of similar approaches to a prologue, but uh, anyway, okay. let's dive in, and if yeah. you would, Jed, read the passage for us, and then we'll come back and discuss a little bit about it. Okay, so 1 through 4. One through five, I'm one sorry. One through five, okay. So one through five, and I'm reading from the ESV. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay. Now, this passage um, has been um, uh, a famous passage, but in the first century, when John wrote this passage, later in the first century, John was living at Ephesus, hmm? and he was writing this book to a group of Greek pagans okay. who were unbelievers, and he was using terms that would speak to them. And I think that is often lost in the way people uh, come about the Gospel of John. Uh, the, the purpose statement of John, mm -hmm. in John 20, verse 30 and 31, we've gone over this many times. Many other signs, therefore, did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus mm. is the Christ, the Son of God, 
and that as you keep on believing, you may have life in his name. Okay. That indicates that the book was primarily written for unbelievers, non-believers. Mm -hmm. It was written for this these pagans that were not Christians, not Jews. Yeah. See? Which and, is different than like a Matthew that was written very much to yes. a Jewish audience with an understanding of the law and yes. all these things. So these people had no background per se as, as the others did. And so I'm very much convinced that John was using terms in a different way, sort of, that we're, than we're used to using them. For example, okay. in your first verse there in John 1, in the beginning was the Word. Right. Well, the Word, Word is Logos, okay. and you have it used two or three times there in the first two or three verses. But the pagan audience that... John is addressing. See, your Bible probably has a capital word. I was just about to say it. Now it's capitalized W on the word word. Right, but see, the the pagan audience would not have seen that because in the Greek text, it's hmm. all of them were capitalized. All yeah. letters were capitalized back okay. then. So is this kind of an English aid that's being provided to us? It is a Christianized. Okay. Way of looking at it, which John did not have in mind when he wrote this. So it's almost like by capitalizing this word, then they're trying to teach us something that maybe John wasn't quite ready to teach He the wasn't people. quite ready because he wanted to meet them on their own ground. Okay, and so we understand it this way. We already understand it this way, so we're not hitting, the English Bible is not hitting us mm. like the original hit the people that John wrote it to. Okay, so, so, so Logos means something like mind or rational principle or uh, uh, probably mind would be a good way to translate it. Okay. Uh, it comes from uh, Greek philosophers like Heraclitus and, and uh, Plato and others. But mm -hmm. if you could read it like this, in the beginning was mind or reason. Okay. And that mind was with God and that mind was divine, mm. then you get a different flavor, see, than yeah. you do reading it this way, because John is trying to carefully lead them up to verse 14 when he finally says that the logos or the, the divine mind became flesh, and that's the mind-blowing verse right. that leads them into seeing that the mind of God became a human being, the logos of God. Uh, so it's almost a a pagan or understanding of organizational principles. Like there is organization to the universe around us that yeah. they were seeking out. Yeah, there is an underlying mind or or rationale yeah. to the universe. And uh, philosophers like Pythagoras would have seen it mm -hmm. in in the shapes and the organization of triangles and rectangles yeah. and all that think, lines. Yeah, things. this is something you and I have talked about. We tend to think of Pythagoras as, oh, he's just a mathematician. No, but he's talking about yeah. how he sees the logos in the world. Right. And Plato would use it to mean rationale or rational dialogue between people. Mm. Uh, Heraclitus, before any of those, he talked about the logos as the underlying principle that holds the universe together. Mm. And I think that's where John is going with this. See? So it's almost he's taking their understanding of general principles of 
hey, there's a cohesiveness, a direction to this world, and he's going, let me tell you about and some what kind that principle, of who it mind is. or thought behind all of it. Yeah. See. Okay. So he, he the the Greek concept of it just touched the edge of a being, but really didn't get there all the yeah. way. See. But there was always mind and not just matter. There was mind, rationale, there was organization. So hmm. they understood that. Okay. So, so, so taking those two concepts, like what John was probably trying to say to that Greek audience versus what we read as an English Western audience, most of us that are watching. Right. It's not that those, either one of them is right. It's just trying to express the same idea in well, a different context. I think that that if we read it like John wrote it, we're going to be reaching out to people that may not necessarily believe in God as we mm. do, and they may not necessarily believe in Christ as we do, but we're trying to, to catch them where they are, seeing the organizational things in the, in the mm. natural universe, and lead them from there. Okay. To an understanding of God. So that's what John is really trying to do. So so maybe we're almost jumping ahead if we're trying to come to an unbeliever with verse 1 and we, we immediately say, well, the word is Jesus. And yeah. they're like, uh, convince me. Yeah. And we would see, be more in line with the original audience. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, and, and I have a slide I'm going to give you to put in this video about uh, William Tyndall's translation. Mm, yeah, and in William Tyndall's uh, translation in the uh, 1500s, uh, he translates down in verse three, "All things were made by it, and without it, nothing was made which was made." So he, instead of saying "him," mm -hmm. which R says, right, lowercase it, him, it says "it." Hmm. The divine rationale, the divine logos, the divine mind, you okay. know, the, and so even Tyndall captures more of what John was about. Yeah, and and without our assumptions being read back into it. There, I was going to say. So it's not that John was denying any of what we now understand. No, he just hadn't got to that point yet. Because if you get down to verse fourteen, and mm. in the logos became flesh, then. Yeah. John catches his reader with an idea that they hadn't considered. <laughs> in fact, Augustine, in his confessions, quoted this passage, and he said, of the first few verses, he said, I write all these things in the pagan philosophers. Mm -hmm. But he gets down to verse 11, where it says, he came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. He said, I didn't read that in the pagan philosophers. Yeah. And he comes to verse 14, and when he says the Logos became flesh, he said, I surely didn't read that <laughs> in the pagan philosophers. Right. So Augustine, who himself had a pagan father, he read this more like John intended it to be read, and he okay. he was led eventually to become a believer partly through this and partly through his experiences. So John's gospel truly is an evangelistic gospel it is to these non-believing pagans it is which may be in more in line with not saying that like everyone around you is a pagan sort of thing but no there's probably more of an understanding of the unbeliever exactly okay and so he's simply saying that everything that came to be came to be through this powerful mind rational mm. whatever that that shows in all of the universe yeah this thing that is naturally visible to you 
from whatever your walk of life is. There's an organization to this thing. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about it. It's always been there. It's always been there. And it's divine in some way. And it even became flesh and walked amongst us. Yeah, and remember that that God meant something different to the pagans than than it does to us. And they believed in many gods and so forth. Yep. But notice in verse 4 it says, In him was life. Now, Tyndale, and I think John probably uh, would have read, In it was life. Mm. Because um, this divine mind was also the creator of life. Okay. And even in, in the original language, there's two kinds of life. There's bios, okay. which is biological life. Right. And in John's gospel, zoes is a higher form of life where that the, the human has, has relationships with the divine. Hmm. What was that one again? Uh, zoes. Zoes. Like zoology, you know. Okay. But he says, um, in him or in it, in the Logos was life, and that life was the light of men. So you have Logos, mm-hmm. which is mind or rationale, then you have life, and there's sort of a higher understanding of life, and then there's light. And the pagans talked a lot about enlightenment mm-hmm. and light mm-hmm. as opposed to darkness and ignorance. And so he's right. using their words. Yeah. And. He's saying that all of this stuff that the philosophers talk about was located in this logos, whatever mm. that means. Mm. Okay. See? And then he makes the statement in um, verse 4, this life was the light of men. See, if men want to be enlightened, mm-hmm. this is where they'll find it. Yeah. And the light is shining Okay. in the darkness. So. The is shining is present tense. Mm-hmm. It's still shining. It keeps on shining in so, the darkness. So as we read like this verse 5 through 8, and you know, even getting into verse 9 where he's talking about the light, we, again, the same way we read word and we think Jesus, we hear light, we think Jesus and the gospel. This is more talking about understanding at this point? It is. Illumination, understanding, okay. everything that comes when when... You come from ignorance to enlightenment, but he says that in verse 8 and 9. He, he tells us that in verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name mm-hmm. was John. Yeah. And he came to bear witness to the light. And it says he was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light. And then verse 9 says he, that is talking about the Logos, he was the true light. Mm-hmm. Well, in the book of John, you have true light, true bread, yeah. true vine. That's Plato's philosophy down to a oh, core because yeah. it's it's you have you have a literal vine here, but there's the idea of vine, and you have literal light here, mm-hmm. but there's the idea of light and enlightenment. See, mm. and so the true enlightenment, the true light that transcends every other kind of light, is this logos. Yeah. See, but he's also trying to make clear that there's not like a separation that causes us to devalue the physical over the spiritual because he's making sure and saying and he physically came because because usually what will happen here and and this is where maybe how does john make this transition is people will go back to this philosophy and now we devalue everything in the world around us because the real stuff is really out there so we don't really need to care about anything here yeah i think that may be more of a modern type thing um what he does in the book is John is highly symbolic. He talks about bread, mm-hmm. feeds the 5,000, and then Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Right. 
So bread as a feeding of man's soul, of man's spirit, of man's essence yeah. is Jesus. See? Right. Uh, there's light like this, but the essence of light, the eternal mm -hmm. essence of enlightenment is in Jesus. Mm -hmm. uh, there's vine, which you have to be attached to to have life and bear fruit. But he is the vine to which we must be attached, you know. Right. Um, there are shepherds all over the place, but he is the good shepherd. The real shepherd. shepherd. So yeah. everything points to something higher, something mm. better, something spiritual. And that's kind of where John is beginning to take us, but he hasn't gotten us there yet. Yeah. So there's a lot of shorthand that we in our modern, you know, Western era have put into this passage that John would, John would say, hang on, I'm not... He'd say, wait, be... I'm not ready for them to see that yet. Right. Yes. I'm trying to get them there. I'm trying to approach them on their language and their understanding. Exactly. Okay. And, and I think if, since this is part of a prologue and we're just dealing with a little bit of a passage, mm -hmm. especially the terms um, light and life mm -hmm. occur throughout the rest of the Gospel of John. Okay. And, uh, for example, the term light is very important in... Uh, the ninth chapter of John, where Jesus heals the blind man and he give, brings yeah. light to his world. Right. And uh, right before he heals the blind man in John 9, verse 5, he says, While I am in the world, I am the light mm. of the world. And then he opens the guy's eyes. So he's enlightened. Yeah. He can actually see the physical world. Yeah. But there's a greater enlightenment yeah. that Jesus brings. See? He's also coming to understand Christ and what he's there to do and all this other yeah. stuff. And, and okay. you know, John 1, 5, the light is shining in the darkness. Well, in John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, he who follows me shall not walk in the darkness, but shall have the light of life. Mm. You know, and for example, in John 3, verse 19, this is the judgment that light came into the world, but men love the darkness rather than the light mm. because their works were evil. And so the ideas you have in this little passage right here in the prologue, yeah. they're really fleshed out and talked about in the process of the mm. gospel as you go forward. And so one thing John is doing here is he's just introducing some of these really buzzword <laughs> that buzzword things that come from the the vocabulary of the greek philosophers and then he's yeah. going to put flesh on them as far as jesus goes <laughs> literally and figuratively of, yeah yeah okay so it's a fascinating passage and it's one that as as we've talked about today is designed to go meet these first century pagans exactly where they are mm and slowly lead them to see who Jesus is. Hmm. Okay. So as we close it out, is it wrong? <laughs> or is it a bad idea? Maybe is it lesser way to look at the passage by just immediately putting Jesus here? Or or is it like is it useful? You think I'm going to tell everybody that their Bible's wrong? No. No, I'm just I'm saying, like, if you're approaching the Bible with someone for the first time, would it be more useful to maybe have some of that understanding in there? Yeah, we would talk about that. The, the word word, yeah, just word, like we translate it, mm -hmm. usually, is a fine translation that it's used that way. In fact, some of the philosophers, when they went to inquire of the gods, yeah, and they believed that the gods would speak to them some way. 
they said maybe the logos will speak to us. Hmm. So it still kind of gets a, a message. Yeah, a message there. The words from or from a god or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the understanding is there. But when you put a capital on it, you're already telling people it's Jesus. Hmm. And the original readers were not hit with it that way. Exactly. Okay. So as a Christian, you might put a little W on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as a longtime believer, like I love to read verse one and trust in the beginning was the word. Jesus. And, and that is correct. Yeah, that is correct. But if I'm reading it to a first time approach to the gospel, it may be better for them to figure that out on their own. Well, be no. led to it. The I way guess. the gospel of John hits people if they read it like the original readers read it, they would think something different at first as they were reading it, and then after they'd finished it, mm. they would go back and see what you see. So I guess it would be a don't don't like put the parenthetical as you're reading it. Like I'm reading it to a first-time person. I go, in the beginning was the Word. Now that's Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I should just read it and let them have their understanding. You know, I don't, we should talk about it like we do here, like we've done here. Hmm. But still, um, to hit people like it first hit them, Yeah. Uh, we would let, let John take his time in introducing it. Now then maybe you would want to start capitalizing it at verse 14. Hmm. Okay. So either way, it's, but it it, at least it's meant to challenge maybe for, the believer who's going to have the discussion. It's meant to challenge you to think about how you'll approach it with that person. Right. So when I'm talking with an unbeliever, you know, do you see organization and rationality in the, mm. in the creation? Yeah. What about this? What about that? What about this? What, you know, yeah. different examples. So where do you think that comes from? Yeah. What do you think organized that? Have that discussion. Yeah. And then talk mm. about this. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, it's, you know, I've heard sermons before in the beginning was the logos, you know, and they'll give the Greek word, but rarely do I hear it so deep as to exactly what the pagans thought logos meant. It, it can mean a message from above. It can mean mind. Mm. That's probably mind or rationale is probably the best way to understand it right there. Yeah. And it's interesting that in the rest of in the rest of the gospel, the logos, which is now called Christ or the Son of Man or whatever, mm. he says, like in John eight thirty one, if if you abide in my word, see mm-hmm. the the logos of the logos, the message from the logos. If mm. you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Even the word truth in the Gospel of John. Yeah. You know, Pilate asks, what is truth? And truth to the philosophers was a debate about what that is. You know, what is truth? Sounds very familiar. And so <laughs> so truth ends up being Jesus. Mm. You know, I am the truth, John 14, 6. Right. You know, so, so hmm. the, it's not just a truth. It's the overarching truth yeah. that encompasses the purpose of everything, which takes you back to the underlying rationale the logos of the yeah. universe so anyway we we do get deep in the weeds here but if if you think out there because 
the vocabulary seems simple, that the Gospel of John is simple. You're not <laughs> understanding John. Yeah. He's dealing with some huge ideas, and he's showing them how Jesus is the real answer to those ideas. Mm. I mean, John is a very philosophical gospel. Very symbolic. Yeah. Yeah, and we can talk about that another time. Maybe. But I hope this has been uh, encouraging, enlightening to our audience today. And we'll have some, some um, what am I trying to say, some, some graphics that go yeah. with the discussion. Maybe so. some things about the, the Greek words and things scattered in there. So yeah, that... and, and, and I'll have Tyndale's mm. a picture of his work there for us yeah. and some things like that. So, yep. So as always, if you've got questions on this particular discussion, always, you know, you can send us emails at info at broadwaycoc.com or leave us comments. And then like Dan was saying at the beginning, if there are other passages that you would like us to discuss and kind of walk through like this, let us know some below. We'd love to see what the year 2023 brings. So here's a passage I'd like you to discuss and, you know. Yeah, maybe sometimes we can have you doing your mark through with the iPad and yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I kind of did that for a graphic, but it won't be at, at the same time. Maybe we can do yeah. it at the same time. Maybe have a live marking as we go. Yep. We'll okay. play with some things this year. Glad to have you along. Hope to have you back next time. Have a great day. <laughs>